WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. The Jets coming off a big win against the Denver Broncos. Welcome Andrew Luck and the Colts to town on Sunday. And we have the pleasure to be joined right now by the radio voice of the New York Jets. Uh, it is Bob with shoes in. And Bob, such a big win for the Jets uh, this past Sunday. What was the most impressive part of it for you? Oh, how they ran the ball, um, how they controlled the line of scrimmage. It was, you know, probably about as complete an offensive line tight end blocking game as I think I've seen out of them since Thomas Jones was running. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, you know, they, they put up college rushing numbers, and um, that's what a rookie quarterback needs. Sam Darnold didn't have to complete many passes, but, you know, those play-action shots over the top, it's amazing how those work when you run for about 300 yards and, you know, a defense has to stack the box. So it's, uh, it, it was all complimentary, but it all began, I think, with the offensive line and the tight ends. And even the receivers blocking in the run game. I thought that they were tremendous. Yeah, and, and the offensive line able to keep Von Miller at bay as well, and, and surely the play action has something to do with that. But, you know, this offensive line was a question coming into the season. Is that the kind of game that you look at as an outlier, or is it a sign that this group maybe is starting to gel? Oh, yeah, no, they were a question as of two weeks ago. Hmm. I mean, if you look at their their inability to protect Sam Darnold against Miami, against Cleveland, any of the losses. Um, you know, they basically, in the Cleveland Thursday night game, ran their entire offense within five yards of the line of scrimmage. I and mean, they, they called plays as if they were terrified of their own offensive line. And so I think for these guys, you know, they, I think it was a little bit of a test of manhood at this point where, you know, your, your season's kind of on the brink. You're one and three. You're starting a three-game homestand that's going to make or break your year. And it's against a wounded team. It's against a team that you should probably beat. And, um, you know, they came out this week, and I think also not only did the offensive line, I think, have it kind of thrown down in front of them. Um, they had listened to it for three weeks. But they, they schematically changed things up. They did a lot more max protect, uh, a lot more three-man route combinations instead of five-man route combinations keeping backs and tight ends in to help in pass protection. So not only did the offensive line as a group, I think, kind of have it put to them that, guys, we need more out of you, but, hey, we're going to give you some help, too. And so all of a sudden, you know, so much was made of the fact that Robbie Anderson had barely been targeted over the first three or four weeks of the season. Well, yes, Robbie Anderson needs, you know, 25 yards of time and real estate to get down the field to run the routes he's best at. Well, how do you run a wide receiver 25 yards down the field? You have to protect. You need time. The quarterback needs time. He's going to need two and a half, three seconds back there, not a, you know, a beat or a second and a half. So, you know, the, the philosophy of getting the ball to the guys that can take the top off the defense only works if the protection can hold up to give those guys the ability to run down the field. And so, you know, I think they kind of schematically changed some things up this week where – we're going to give the offensive line some help, keep a few extra guys in in pass protection, and give the guys who are you know, game breakers a chance to run the routes that can break the game. And that's what happened. Yeah, and Robbie Anderson, as you mentioned, a couple of touchdowns this past week, and it had all been quiet for him. And he was asked some questions to set him up to be the wide receiver who's going to call for the ball more. And rather than say, hey, I need 20 targets, like a quarterback, a wide receiver across town, uh, he 
kept a low profile. Said, "Hey, Sam and I are going to connect eventually." What do you think of the way that Robbie Anderson uh, approached that quiet first month? Well, and he needs to approach it that way and take a lesson from you know how not to act, because the guy across town now he got his money and now he's showing you how not to act. And I'm I'm amazed that anybody's surprised by that. I mean, I'm amazed that anybody is surprised that that kind of you know keen facade that was put up for three or four months that you know is I think designed to just keep things quiet so you get paid. Mm. Well, now you get paid, and now your true colors show. And, um, you know, Robbie Anderson needs to see that and use that as an example. And look, Robbie Anderson is, I mean, by the Grand Canyon, not as good as Odell Beckham. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, you know, like he's, he's not even in the same stratosphere as a player. So twofold, you don't throw your teammates under the bus and also realize who and what you are. You know, he is still a developing receiver that's not putting up record-breaking numbers. Um, so... You know, to me, uh, maybe that does show a little bit of maturity on his part, understanding how he should handle himself. We're talking again with Bob with shoes in radio voice of the New York Jets. Uh, what what has stood out to you? What has maybe surprised you about Sam Darnold through these first five weeks uh, after you know seeing what his reputation was coming out of USC? Well, his reputation as a kid, and to me, that's half the reason they drafted him. He has done exactly what I expected him to do because I covered him in college and he has more than lived up to that, which is he is the exact kid that you would want the face of your franchise to be. Um, Zero entitlement, zero ego, all work ethic, raised the right way. You know, mom's a gym teacher, dad's a plumber, like salt of the earth. He was never going to be that kid sitting in a gym on ESPNU with like a thousand people wondering what college he was going to go to and what hat he's going to put on, or he's just not that kind of a kid. Um, So you knew that he was going to be a a great ambassador for the team. What I think has surprised me, and it's more information coming from, you know, talking to Josh McCown, talking to Jeremy Bates, is he hasn't played a ton of quarterback. If you go back, like he was a linebacker when he started off in high school. Mm -hmm. He changed to quarterback like halfway through his high school career. And then he left college early. So he has not spent maybe four full years even being a starting quarterback. Um, you know, he, wouldn't, he wasn't raised like one of these Elite 11 kids. Um, and they have said that he is amazing at taking the information from the meeting room to the field like in a snap. So not only is it unusual that a rookie would be able to replicate the meeting room lessons on the practice field and in the games immediately. But I think it's even more surprising for a kid that just is still kind of in his infancy, even learning how to play this position. So I I just think it's his football acumen um, that has surprised even the Jets. I mean, not even me, but I I think even the, you know, the pros that are paid to play alongside of him and coach him, um, that they're over and over again talking about, you know, his, his football IQ is through the roof. And, you know, normally you would see that in a kid that was raised to be a quarterback, kind of from peewee football all the way up through a couple of years of college. And in his experience level is a fraction of that. Yeah, I remember hearing Troy Aikman during the Thursday night game mention that Darnold, yeah, he, he takes in all this information, but he doesn't even take notes. 
No, he's he's got from an I think from a a quarterback standpoint, he's got about as photographic a memory as there is. Mm-hmm. You know, Josh McCown. Now, Josh McCown's been in a few quarterback rooms mm-hmm. in his life. You know, he's been he's, <laughs> he's bounced from organization to organization. He's been around a lot of different kids. And he said that this kid takes it from the meeting room to the field faster than any young quarterback he's ever been around. Any rookie he's ever been around at any position. You know, he said the only other guy he would ever compare him to uh, was Anquan Bolden. And he was with Anquan Bolden when Anquan Bolden came in as a rookie. He said Anquan Bolden would walk in and, and you know, you just immediately look at him and said, oh, man, you're, you're just a different level rookie. Like, you're, you're a man. You're ready to just go out there and do this. Most rookies go through the things rookies go through. You know, they're in the deep end of the pool, and they don't get it, and they're confused, and they hit a wall, and they just, you know, they go through those rookie adjustments. And he said Anquan Bolden never went through that. He doesn't think this kid's going to go through it either. So he's just he's just ready to go. Well, the Jets would certainly take that because even as a team, as we chat with Bob Wischusen, it it's been up and down over the years where they haven't been able to string together some big victories. So coming off of uh, the big win against the Broncos on Sunday, and now you see a one-win Colts team coming in, what kind of a test is this for the Jets to prove they can handle some prosperity? Well, you know, I don't think this is some kind of wide-ranging barometer um, for what Darnold's going to be or for what they're going to be as an organization. I mean, you know, to me, wide-angle lens, this is still a developmental year for them, a developmental year for the quarterback, and not a year I was ever expecting they were going to be a playoff team. But if you're just looking, you know, in kind of the silo of this season, yeah, you've got to win the game. Maybe if, if you are going to play meaningful games in December, if that even has a chance to happen, and you have to be, you know, a 500 team at the end of November, maybe a little over 500 at the end of November, so you're going to have, say, six wins on the board going into your last four? Well, I mean, one of those six wins has to be at home against the Colts. So, yeah, I mean, if, you're, if you think you're going to make anything out of this season, then you must win this game on Sunday. There's no doubt. This Sunday, 1 o'clock kickoff, Jets and Colts, and a, uh, a great pleasure talking with one of the, uh, the terrific voices here in New York, Bob Wischusen. Thank you, Bob. No problem, Pete. Thanks. Now, good stuff from Bob Wischusen, and uh, yeah, uh, it's a must win if you want to be a playoff team. Giants face one tonight, Jets on Sunday, so a deciding week in uh, New York football, and might be uh, looking at the Knicks sooner than we'd like <laughs> with the uh, you know, if these two teams can't uh, rally up over the course of the next four days. Uh, 800-321-0710, the number. NFL picks coming up. Producer Ray and I going head-to-head. Then we'll play some oddities and uh, much more coming up as we roll till 9 o'clock. Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710-WOR. Choices. We're back in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. We usually save our NFL picks for... Friday, but I'm off tomorrow. So let's do it on Thursday and we'll uh, squeeze in ahead of the New York Giants kickoff. NFL picks. Uh, Producer Ray and I going head to head. I don't have the official tally on the season, but I believe I'm about uh, 20 and 3 and Ray is uh, 3 and 20. So that's about right. Yeah, because I didn't pick any other games. So there you go. Do it that way. There you go. All right, real quick uh, before the Giants kickoff. I like the Giants tonight. They are getting one point against the Eagles at home. Some desperation, and I'd like to see Eli step up. 27-23, 
Giants over the Eagles. Eli throws three touchdowns. What say you, Ray? Philly is the fifth reigning Super Bowl champion since the playoffs expanded to 12 teams in 1990 to go under 500 through the first five games. Only one time, 1996 Cowboys, did they rebound to make the playoffs. The second time will be this year. Washington's only 2-2. Two and two. Philly and Dallas, 2-3. and three. The Giants are 1-5. and five. Give me Philly minus one to make the Giants 1-6 and six and make Philly a win and on top in the NFC East. Uh, that'll send the Giants to 1-5. and five. So Yeah, uh, sorry, 1-5. You're, you're already counting it as a loss. 1-5, yes. Which I understand. But, uh, yeah, they'd have to lose next week as well. You want to handle the next one? Yes, New England, Kansas City. The big game Sunday night in Foxborough. The undefeated Kansas City Chiefs. Will you be there? I will not be there. I was originally, now I'm not. I'm going to take, I, 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 I take a weekend to relax. I, Sunday night's a little tough for Sunday's you, huh? tough, plus I have the Red Sox, too. Take the ferry, go all yep. the way up there. And Red Sox playoffs. I've Make already it back. You know, we got to work Monday. Yeah. yeah it's a little, a little tough yeah. to take that one there. But we're going to, here's what we got here on Sunday Brady, Gronk, Edelman, Foxborough, Josh Gordon, Sunday night football, high scoring game. I know New England's defense is not as good, but I think they're going to be able to put up points. 38 31. I'm laying the three and a half. I say the Pats win. You know, I, I didn't hear you mention the best tight end in football, Travis Kelsey. Yes. And the best current quarterback going so far this year in Patrick Mahomes. Yes. So, uh, all of them Chiefs, baby. I'll take those three and a half points. I'll run with them, and I'll, I'll take the Chiefs to win it anyway. High scoring game, 34-30 Chiefs over the Patriots. Uh, Cowboys hosting the Jaguars, and, and the Cowboys, uh, it's a dumpster fire in that NFC East. They're square within that. I think they find a way to get that run game going behind Ezekiel Elliott. Blake Bortles was terrible last week uh, in Kansas City, and uh, I think you'll see a, a little bit more struggles from him. So consistent at quarterbacks. The Cowboys, uh, they're getting three points at home. They win it. Low-scoring game, 2017 over Jacksonville, right? Jacksonville minus three at Dallas. Blake Bortles, does he bounce back in this one? You know, Dallas, you mentioned dumpster fire. In the middle of drama, Jason Garrett questioned by the owner. Is he back on the hot seat? You know, they're only getting three points. If he had had four, I might say, I, I'm going Jacksonville. I'm saying Jacksonville going to win this by at least three. Give me Jacksonville minus three. Now, I love this game. I, I love this next game. Cincinnati minus two versus Pittsburgh. I am calling this, and I understand I know they're a little older, so it's really not, but this is a changing of the guard game. In the NFC, in the AFC North, all right? I love it. Antonio Brown is great, but off the field drama starting to bother. No Le'Veon Bell. Dalton starting to play better. I know he's kind of been the underrated quarterback. People kind of put him just on the edge of the big quarterbacks in the NFL. He's right on the edge. He's better than the bottom rung. He's not up there with there. This is the season where he does it. I love Cincinnati. I'll give up the two. Let me take the Bengals. Andy Dalton's never won a big game in his life. He's not doing it this week against Pittsburgh. Uh, the Steelers, they got too many weapons, too many ways to beat you. They'll do it. No problem. 31-20. They handle Andy Dalton and the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, as for the Jets, give it two and a half to the Indianapolis Colts at home. I don't trust the Jets yet. I just, I, I don't have that feel. They look terrific against the Broncos this week. This is not a team that's been good with prosperity, as we've talked about over the course of this week. Uh, I think today, uh, Sunday is one of those days where Sam Darnold makes a couple of mistakes and the you know, Jets aren't able to overcome it. They fall to Indianapolis 23-14, right? Colts are terrible. I saw them last Thursday night in person. They only dressed 44 players. I don't know how the injury situation will be this week. Andrew Luck just still not, just doesn't still look 
as dynamic as he used to be. And I don't know if that's eventually going to come back. He had some nice passes on Thursday night when I saw him, but a few times, a little bit late, a little bit high, a little bit duckish, I did not like what I saw from him. That being said, oh, this one kills me. I'm picking the Jets, minus two and a half. Oh, the Patriots fan coming over, taking the Jets. So you get to suffer, and then if the Jets lose, I'll say, well, at least I beat Ray. That's what I hold my hat on these days. Every day. Years. Decades. Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets football. Jets, Jets, Jets. And Frank Reich on the opposing sideline from the 1-15 Rich Cotite New York Jets. <laughs> Frank Reich. Yeah. All right. Producer Ray, appreciate you coming in, providing some picks. And you had the Eagles, so you're looking decent. As uh, Eli's already thrown a pick, and the Eagles are deep in Giants territory. So what a start there for uh, Big Blue. Uh, precisely what they didn't need. Surely it wasn't Eli's fault. Must have been a receiver running the wrong route, stopping in the right area, right? And this is all you ever hear. Uh, but, uh, boy, they, they got the all-white uniforms going. The Giants look crisp. It all looks pretty, but mm, not uh, not the start that they needed. All right, we'll, uh, we'll hit some oddities with producer Mark when we come back. Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710-WOR. You're in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. Not to start the Giants needed. Eli Manning, an interception. The Eagles turned it into seven points. Carson Wentz to Alshon Jeffrey, and the Eagles with a 7 nothing lead over the Giants very early Thursday night football. Uh, producer Mark is in. We like to play a little oddities in the... Eight o'clock hour. Some of the smaller sports stories out there. What's up, Mark? Uh, I think we should go back to playing what's worse just for tonight, just for my teams, <laughs> just for your teams. Yeah, Giants, Rangers, Knicks, Mets. You got nothing on my teams. Jets, oh, Mets, Islanders, on. Knicks. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a champion. The current state of my teams is just putrid. Well, I've, I've experienced it for decades. You're not That's beating me on this one, Mark. Well, you're you a lot cannot, older than I am. You cannot Pete. have a worse run of teams in the country. The Mets, Jets, Islanders, Knicks. Is it possible? I'm sure there is if we did some research. No, not in any city. Not in any city. You might be able to pluck out some individual teams here and there. But within one city, you're not going to find a worse four-team package since 1986. I was about to say Miami, then I realized the Heat did well when LeBron came there. Yeah, the Heat won twice. And they won won with Wade as well before that. That's true. All right. So... Well, speaking of one of your uh, crappy teams, uh, the Mm -hmm. New York Islanders. I always have to get hockey in here, but there's a reason for it. So obviously you know your lord and savior, John Tavares, is now a Toronto Maple Leaf. Uh, Anders Lee, the new captain of the New York Islanders, did this thing for the NHL Players Association on their website, which is like a QA, and a a little thing that they do to try and get some viral things to happen. And, well, it happened. So they made him write answers to different questions like, what's your favorite food, blah, blah, blah. And they asked... What is your biggest uh, thing you like in a teammate? And he wrote loyalty. Mm. Now, you be the judge. Was that a shot at John Tavares? Loyalty seems like a strange one to put for exactly. quality in a teammate. You, you you skipped a couple of easy ones to go with uh, before you, you ended there. So let's hope so. I think it'll be fun when the Islanders play the Leafs. Oh, we know wait. we know the place will go nuts when Tavares returns with a Maple Leafs jersey on. But what I'll be curious about is, you know, are the players upset? And the Islanders haven't had a ton of turnover. A lot of guys that basically came up with him being mm-hmm. the guy now, are they upset? Would Anders Lee be upset with Tavares? Do they... 
Let See, that be known. I think they are, but then right after he signed, you saw them all at a wedding together, so I'm not sure if it's an on-the-ice thing or they're still friends off the ice. Like I'm curious how that will be. I, I agree with you. Yeah. But the fans, he's going to get relentlessly booed, and it's at the Coliseum. That's mm. the best part. That'll be good. I can't wait for that. It gets loud in there. Yes, that's for sure. I, I hope the uh, I hope it still new, does. I, I hope the know, new yeah. barn is just as loud as the old barn. Yeah, let's hope. Well, it's not really a new barn. It's a polished turd. <laughs> that's if you've been in there, it is it exactly the same with new seats. Yep. So, all right. More Long Island things. Um, when was the last time you rode the Long Island Railroad, Pete? A uh, couple weeks. Okay. Yeah, I have to do it every day as this producer Ray. Today, this morning, we were both happy that we don't have to be morning riders in morning rush hour. Somebody was arrested for trespassing in the East River Tunnels, which just stopped the system. I heard about that. Yeah, people were not pleased, as I can imagine. You get stuck on the train, you got to be at work at a certain time, and now because somebody's walking around the tunnel? Like, at least if it was a mechanical error or something, it's like, all right, normal, but Hmm. at least you understand it. But this guy was just, like, window shopping in the tunnels, just walking around. Uh, Was he trying to get killed? Like, uh, who knows what he was trying to do? But of all the places to take a morning walk, let's go into the LIRR tunnel. Yeah, it's not the place to be. Now, do you blame the Long Island Railroad for that? Because I mean, they get blamed for everything yes, no matter what. I blame them for everything that happens on Earth. So is, is that is that it? Yeah, I mean... Does that just count? Pluck the me, guy. it's the dude's fault. Just have the, uh, what is the MTA police pick him up and move him off the track. Why does it cause, cause hours of delays? That makes no sense. It's a lot of tunnel. You it's just one guy... While. Well, how long does it take to get a fan on the field? Like 30 seconds, Pete. Imagine a guy in a tunnel. You go for a long way. All right, so five minutes later, you should be, be able to remove runner. him. Yeah, maybe he's just I going out for his, uh, his run and made a wrong turn, you know? This, this seems to be very quick. defending the LIRR for some reason. It could be very quick. You just get rid of the guy. <laughs> There's not many opportunities to defend the LIRR, exactly. so I'm taking a chance. But, like, hours of delays because somebody was walking in the tunnel? Really? I'd be pissed off if I had to be at work at a certain time, and that's what happened. Not fun. No. And uh, finally, when was when did you stop trick or treating? Like what age? Mm, I was probably on the older side. I was a little okay. punk. Maybe well, thirteen. Oh well, you can't be thirteen in this one Virginia town. Uh, you have to be under twelve. Otherwise, you will be fined. What? That is, yes, Chesapeake, Virginia. Yes, trick or treat hours are from six to eight p.m. on October thirty first for children twelve and under. And if anyone engages in the activity commonly known as trick-or-treat or any uh, thing similar, they'll be fined uh, fine about uh, anywhere from $25 to $100. That is ridiculous. What? You have to do it within an assigned time yeah. period as well? Or what? And it says the code, the city code says, or by confinement in jail. Jeez. For trick-or-treating over the age of 12. That'd What's be, happened? That'll be the scariest Halloween like, listen, ever had. I think 12 is a little old to be trick-or-treating. Probably right on the borderline, but arresting children every, for free candy? Everybody wants candy. Yeah, exactly. When I want candy. I'm 25. When you're 13, 14, you can start hitting a lot more houses and filling up some pillowcases. Exactly. You, you can move a little better. You know, you're not uh, held up by your parents. All right. Oddities, uh, producer Mark. Thanks, producer Thank Mark. you, Pete. And uh, we'll go trick-or-treating couple weeks we'll be out I there can't wait Six free candy we'll make it happen nobody will know you put on a good outfit 
Uh, you can you can hide anything. Uh, we'll take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back. You'll hear from former Mets general manager, now SiriusXM, Steve Phillips. Uh, his thoughts on the Mets GM hunt and what it is to be the Mets general manager. That's coming up. Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on the Voice of New York, seven ten W O R.